The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now here's your host, Jay Taylor. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and welcome again. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this show, and also want to thank our sponsors, Coral Gold, Palangio Exploration, and Hawthorne Gold, for making this show possible. As many of you are aware, I am also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks Weekly Newsletter, and you can learn more about that by going to my website at miningstocks.com. That's M-I-N-I-N-G-S-T-O-C-K-S.com. My newsletter has assembled a model portfolio that has done quite well since the year 2000. At least we've uh, beaten the market very handily. A $1,000 investment in our hypothetical model portfolio would have grown to 2000, almost 2200 as of yesterday, close of the market. By contrast, the investment portfolio of Goldman Sachs uh, analyst Abby Joseph Cohen, her favorite stock, uh, her favorite investment during that time frame was the S&P 500. Well, if you had put your money into the S&P 500, $1,000 there as of yesterday was worth only about $608, so quite a haircut even before inflation. The foundation of our success has been gold and gold-related mining stocks. and We have been investors in gold because of our belief in Austrian economic theory. That's a theory that's not taught in our state-run schools because, well, in my view, it's not taught because it doesn't serve the interest of the people who control our political system. And that really, you have to go look at the Federal Reserve. Who owns the Federal Reserve? Please, I would urge you to go and listen to my first interview, the first show that we had on Turning Hard Times into Good Times with G. Edward Griffin, the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. Listen to that interview with Ed Griffin, and then buy Ed's book, if at all possible. Buy it. Uh, it's called The Creature from Jekyll Island, and you can buy it at Reality Zone. Dot com. That's realityzone.com. So I urge you to read that if you really want to understand who owns and controls our political system 
And uh, if you want to know what to do about it in terms of um, educating yourself as a citizen of this country and also uh, to prepare yourself and your family for the results of their policies, the policies that have been instituted on behalf of those people who control the system. Very important for you to understand that. That's really a big part of what this show is about. So we've had a good bit of success. We must uh, brag a little bit, I guess we are, uh, because of our views on Austrian economics, because that has prepared us for the difficulties that we're finding ourselves in now. But I want to just say that we are living in very treacherous times. The markets are very volatile. And we are not resting on our laurels. We are very concerned about the volatility this summer. We think in the fall we're going to see a major decline in the equity markets and in the commodity markets. Um, just to give you an idea, yesterday alone our model portfolio lost about 8%. So we went down, uh, well, we went down 12%, for, for example, in the mining shares to 80% gain for the year. Our uranium stocks lost 19% yesterday in one single day. They're still up 151% for the year. Not bad. But you, that gives you an idea of how much volatility there is in these markets. And if uh, our Dr. Robert McHugh, who I pay a lot of attention to, have a lot of time for Dr. McHugh, his views um, from an Elliott Wave perspective, that we are going to be seeing a major decline in the equity markets probably along about the equinox, the fall equinox of this year, then we want to be ready by preparing ourselves with lots of cash on the balance sheet. I started suggesting last week on this radio program and in my weekly newsletter that we want to start building some cash, take some profits away. We've had some good profits. We're up 80% in the gold shares. We're up 30% in the, in the, in the producers, up 150% in the uraniums, 43% higher in the oil and gas stocks. Let's take some profits. Let's get some cash on the sidelines. Then we want to have that cash available so that we can buy some hedges, some equity hedges like the SDS or the Prudent Bear Fund. And we want to have lots of cash available so that if the gold shares also get hit hard, and I think that's a very strong likelihood that they will this fall, we want to have some cash on the sidelines so that we can pick up some bargain basement uh, gold mining shares because I truly believe that if we're heading into a, a deflationary environment this fall, that the gold mining shares will be one of the few places, as they were in the 1930s, places to hide, one of the few places not only to hide but to prosper in. Well, that's my uh, what I have to say uh, at the moment. For now, we have uh, Lena Monasaridis to give us the uh, view from across the pond. Lena is uh, in Athens, uh, Greece. She is a money manager and uh, technical analyst, and her website, I would uh, urge you to go to is uh, newsimpact.com. Uh, hi, Lena. Hello, Dave. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ten o'clock in uh, uh, in Athens, Greece, right now. I understand. Sure. It's ten o'clock here. All right. Well, when you're finished here, then you can get some shut eye, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps, yeah. Although I still have to monitor the markets and everything. Yeah, I know. You sleep with one eye closed and one eye open, I guess, and your cell phone always ready to buzz you and wake you up in the middle of the night. Exactly, because there's going to be some news from Asia or New Zealand, and I get it on my mobile phone, so I know exactly when the news are coming. Well, you're really on the ball for your clients and no doubt for your own account as well. Your latest blog was titled Dollar Strong Ahead of This Week's FOMC Meeting. Now, there's an FMOC meeting, and I understand that Chairman Bernanke is going to be speaking or is going to be grilled by the uh, by the U.S. Congress tomorrow. Is that right? And would you like to uh, tell us what the significance of those events might be? 
Sure. Um, as I written yesterday about the dollar, um, the dollar started strong yesterday against the euro and the pound and most major currencies, and that was duly because it was a Monday with no really important news, and therefore the dollar was bought all across the board. However, come today, as I mentioned yesterday, because we're getting closer to the FOMC meeting, traders do not want to get caught with dollars uh, on the buy side, and therefore they start selling the dollar heavily, and that's why we saw euro uh, and pound getting stronger and stronger against the dollar today. Uh, this is the reason why, because tomorrow we've got the FOMC meeting which Bernanke is leading, and uh, it's not, um, we are not expecting anything massive on interest rates. I mean, we know that they're going to be unchanged because this is how it is at the moment. However, what we're waiting is the statement afterwards. This is very important at the moment because we're expecting Bernanke to say that he's not going to hike the rates as initially was thought and speculated. And this is the reason why the dollar is weak at the moment, because traders thought that because of the current situation and the economy, Bernanke will start hiking the rate as early as September. Yeah. However, because last week we had the CPI data, Jay, and mm -hmm. we knew that they were lower than expected, now we're not expecting a hike anymore. And therefore, this is bad news for the dollar all around. So the, uh, so the dollar bulls were counting on higher interest rates to strengthen the dollar. Is that it? Exactly. They were speculating since last month, I think, that uh, there might be some hikes at the moment because we're expecting the inflation to rise. And therefore, the dollar started to, the dollar bull started saying that, okay, if there are going to be hikes, then the dollar is going to be stronger. However, Bernanke indicated and other members of um, Fed last week that this is not the case. So tomorrow we are expecting a confirmation. And also, we're expecting further measures out of Fed in order to revive the economy. And you know that uh, on March, he, uh, they announced that they're going to buy three, 300 billion bonds, right? Yeah. Um, and that really weakened the dollar. So tomorrow we're expecting something maybe equivalent to that. Okay, so there may be some more, um, what do they call it? Uh, what's, it's not printing money anymore. It's called... Um, quantitative easing. Quantitative easing. Possibly Indeed. tomorrow we'll get an announcement <laughs> for that. How in the world would you start raising interest rates, though, I wonder... Um, Lena, the global economy certainly doesn't seem strong. I mean, we no. hear all this talk about green shoots. So far, I think green shoots is just sort of a, a word picture that's painted in order to get people optimistic about the economy. That's my view. I don't know what you think, but why in the world are people talking about raising interest rates? Because oh, yes, of inflation sure. fears. The green shoot, I think, is just a notion, Jay. It's just a concept that the U.S. government is trying so hard to pass through the markets and through the investors. I really don't think we're seeing any green shoots at the moment. And traders are not stupid. You know, they know that things are not the way that they've been portrayed by the media. And we see the numbers. I mean, today we had existing home sales out of U.S., and they were not good. Mm. Tomorrow we've got durable orders, and we're still expecting some employment data. And we see that although we saw a bit of improvement, however, we're nowhere near the recovery that everybody's talking about. Okay, so it's really perverse as, as far as I'm concerned, Lena. You, you have the situation where bad news is bullish, that is bad economic news, a depression, a recession is bullish for the dollar, mm, and growth yeah. in the global economy is bearish for the dollar. That's, that's the situation we're in. So I'm not really sure, given my views, that we're in a very, uh, a very, a very weak global economy. It's hard for me to get terribly concerned about a dollar, uh, a dollar collapse at this point in time. What do you think? 
Sure, that's what I say to traders as well because they keep asking me, should we go um, short the dollar and long the dollar and what's the next step? And I say that whatever you do in your portfolio and with your trading, do not keep long-term positions because at the moment we see the dollar weakening because of better economic numbers. Mm -hmm. However, my view is that Along the lines and after the summer, maybe September, October, I think that the dollar will get strong again because the risk aversion will kick back in and we may be going to see another fallout in the stocks and equities all across the board. So whenever you get growth in, let's say, the developing countries, China, India, uh, South America, like Brazil and places, the BRIC countries, you see energy prices rising. You see less risk aversion and more optimism about the global economy. That's bearish for the dollar. And whenever you see, um, you know, pessimism in the global economy, that's bullish for the dollar. This is really an insight that Bob uh, Hoy had, who was a guest on our show sure. some time ago, talked about the last 300 years. There have been six of these major credit expansion contraction time frames. And Bob points out that whenever you have the contraction phase, the senior currency tends to get stronger. Well, we saw this, Lena, did we not, last exactly. fall when, uh, you know, when Lehman Brothers collapsed and the markets imploded and prices collapsed. Everybody sold and, and liquidated their debt as much as they could, sold whatever they were able to sell, and they went running into the dollar, strengthening the senior currency. So where do we go from here? What is your take, let's say, over the next year or so? Do you think the dollar is going to be weaker or stronger than than it is right now? Sure. First of all, I agree with you 100% what you just said, Jay, that in times of uh, trouble and in times of crisis, the dollar is strong. And that was proved after the fall, after September, October last year. We had the big market collapse and the dollar got stronger. Now at the moment, we've, we see a big rally in other currencies and the dollar weakening. However, you ask me what my view is for the next coming months and year, and I think that at the moment we're um, seeing a correction, a correction in the dollar, in the strong dollar that we saw from January and February, and now we see it weakening because I think there is another wave, a stronger wave in the dollar which is going to commence after the summer. So I believe that because of the... Thousands of tries that the U.S. government is doing to revive the economy and all these green shoots and everything that all the world leaders are doing, I think they're working. However, they're not working the way that they want to work, and the time is running out. And I think that investors are not convinced at all about the recovery yet. And I think another wave is going to come after the summer. So I think we're going to have a stronger dollar because it's not in other countries' interest, for example, ECB or the Eurozone, to have stronger euro. So therefore, however you look at it, with risk aversion or not, I think we're going to come again in the stronger dollar um, towards the end of the year. Well, it certainly is a possibility, Lena. That would be the way I would see it, too, as a person who's leaning towards deflation and a further sure. implosion of the of the credit markets globally. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Only Mr. Market will be the ultimate judge, that's for sure. Lena, I want to thank you again for coming exactly. on our show this week and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Folks, don't go away. We're going to have Roger Wiegand. He is the author and uh, publisher of Trader Tracks, an excellent newsletter that focuses on commodities. He's got, always got some great commodity trading ideas, so you'll want to stick around and listen to what Roger has to say. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Business Owners Speak fills a long-neglected niche in the national media coverage of American business. The myriad of challenges and opportunities facing small business owners and entrepreneurs are addressed at ground level in a positive, business-like manner. We face the realities of meeting payroll and being completely dependent upon the success of a business for which we alone are responsible. So loosen your tie, business owner, bring along your own experiences, and log on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Jay Taylor and the host of your show here. Uh, I'm with Roger Wiegand, my partner and good friend, who is uh, the author of uh, Trader Tracks, an excellent newsletter that's done 
very well in advising uh, subscribers of some good tra- commodity trades. And Roger also, though, pays a lot of attention to the uh, to the markets in general, to the on a macro basis. He um, but he also is a technical analyst. He looks at the, the charts and makes decisions in terms of buying and selling uh, both stocks, commodities, um, futures, and options. And uh, you might want to check out Roger's work. You can go to webeatthestreet.com uh, and learn more about Roger's uh, about Roger's work. And there's also some special offers. Uh, you can call my assistant Claudio Bossi at seven one eight. Four five seven one four two six. That's seven one eight four five seven one four two six to learn more about Roger's work and the special offers that we have, as well as my work and as well as uh, Chen Lin's work. And Chen will be talking uh, to us in the next segment. Well, Roger, welcome to our show again. Thank you, uh, Roger. You're concerned here about some things that I, I must say I certainly share your concerns. California, California is in big, big trouble. Can you talk about that? Well, they've pushed themselves finally to the brink of who knows what. Uh, They've exhausted just about every kind of credit they can get their hands on, and they're now facing a problem in the next few days, weeks, whereby they're going to have to stop payments on everything except top-priority bills, which I would assume would be uh, payroll and some other things associated with that. So California, most people don't realize its size, but it's got a huge economy, and it's so large that in some cases uh, we might compare it uh, to being larger than uh, something like uh, the, the United Kingdom mm-hmm. and some of the other places. Well, uh, I, I think uh, I read recently Russia. It's bigger. It's the economy is bigger than Russia. I think yes. it's bigger than Brazil. Some pretty pretty large com- countries that uh, you know you have a I forget what the GDP is, but it's very very large, and it's you know it's a big part of the United States GDP too, Roger. So if California goes down. And it certainly seems as though it will. What do you do? You expect uh, Obama will provide another bailout, another bailout? You know, as, well, if, the as if money has grows said on trees. No bailouts for states, and he said specifically to the California governor that they would not be receiving a bailout, and that in fact they were on their own. They had to go solve their own problems. However, I can't really believe that the president and the current administration would stand by and let California go down the drain because. It is so large, as we just mentioned, that it would it would be in a position where it could take down everything. I, I suspect that what they'll do is they won't directly give them cash from TARP, although that is a possibility. I think what they'll do is they'll come up with some kind of a guarantee where somebody's going to buy some bonds, uh, California bonds of some kind, and uh, the U.S. government will, in fact, guarantee those bonds, which would provide a short-term Band-Aid solution for California to, to to hang on and keep going, but I, I suspect that the problems are so deep in California that they're going to be in the soup this fall. I don't think uh, they can get further than that. Well, okay, Roger, so there's nothing to worry about, is there? Because Moody's just yesterday said, or maybe it was today, reiterated their AAA rating for U.S. for U.S. sovereign debt, so Obama can just keep um, issuing guarantee after guarantee, bailout after bailout. No, there should never be an end to it, right? That's correct if you believe Moody's, but uh, consider the fact where Moody's was with their forecasts on these other companies that, that smashed into the wall last fall, first and foremost being Lehman Brothers. Uh, the, the, the Fitch uh, service also did, did not really uh, hold themselves up to, to being very active and being correct. And I think that uh, Moody's, while they want to be correct, uh, 
and they, they're very reluctant to get out ahead of some of these problems, and I suspect they don't really have a handle on how deep they really are. So those ratings things, I think, are uh, very suspect at this time. Well, one wonders what uh, Barney Frank's reaction would be in the Congress if Moody's decided to downgrade the U.S. Treasury. Well, and, and what would happen to Wall Street if that happened? What would happen to the stock market? Not, well, never, it would all never come mind apart, the bond market. And that's the reason they're not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. I, I just think that uh, they'll come very late or, in fact, after the fact when things really come apart. And as of up until just the last couple of weeks, I've been a little bit optimistic believing that we were somehow going to blunder through all these problems. But more and more, as I see what's coming out of the administration as far as policy, as far as the, the management of Treasury bonds and bills and also the U.S. dollar, we, we're, you know, all this credit is being monetized now. They can't sell it. Uh, the, the bond offering of $100 plus billion over the last seven to ten trading days, I don't think it's all been sold yet, and I would really wonder how much of those, how much of that paper went on the shelf in a circular fashion, because the bids were very weak. Uh, other examples from Europe would be uh, Latvia had a uh, had an offering and they had no bids at all, zero. Uh, some of the bidding on the UK gilts, which was in the last couple of weeks, uh, were incomplete. And where all of those offerings went, uh, I'm not sure. But the U.S. is facing the same problem right now as our primary foreign buyers of uh, credit are starting to back up. Yeah. China is dominant. Japan is dominant. They haven't stopped buying, but they're, they're taking a lot of that paper and they're pushing it to T-bills and shorter-term notes and bonds, and they're also buying less. And for a period in the first quarter of this year, uh, China didn't buy anything, yeah. specifically in February, as I remember. Right. Well, the Chinese have reportedly been uh, stocking up on commodities. They're looking to 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 exchange those dollars for value. They've, they've been buying interest in large corporations and mining companies and uh, in Africa and South America, even in Europe. We hear the Chinese are all over the place trying to get a piece of something that's tangible, a piece of something that's real. They seem to recognize and realize that the U.S. dollar is is just really an IOU nothing. It's it's a promise to pay that's not backed by anything. So the Chinese obviously know what the situation is. Yet, Roger, where would you run to? Where could you go? As we discussed with Lena a little while ago, there's no there's no place to go really. There's no place to hide. What other currency is viable at this point in time? Well, um, the other two that they're really looking at, but they're only small positions as near as what I can tell, and that would be the euro in Europe and also the Japanese yen. But both of those locations have severe problems, much like the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yen probably right now is in worse condition than the U.S. dollar overall, at least it's viewed that way from what I can see. Yeah. While the euro is strong against uh, the dollar, it has been stronger, uh, I think primarily because the Middle East oil producers have been going to the euro. Um, those other two currencies are really not much better or, in fact, are even worse than, in worse condition than the U.S. dollar. Well, we, we look to our creditor nations to help bail us out. For years, we've had China and Japan, largely those two countries, buying two to three, three and a half billion dollars worth of U.S. debt a day to keep interest rates low so that we could keep the U.S. economy growing. And they kept 
interest rates low that way and also the Fed, of course, Greenspan pumped huge amounts of money into the system, caused our interest rates to go down towards 1%. For the longest time, he held short-term rates down to 1%. That fueled the housing bubble. Now we're having a bubble in China, too, and Chen Lin is going to talk to us about it the next segment. But but we're having some I'm, – I'm reading some things about housing in China, Roger, that maybe it's in, this, in some trouble, and one wonders if – you know, if China has some big problems, if they start to implode, you know, if they're in a bu- bubble situation now in the housing market, which Chen is, I think, going to tell us he thinks they're in, that China is, that, that there's going to be severe problems in China. And if that happens, if the wheels of commerce fall off of the Chinese wagon, then how in the world are they going to buy our debt? As it is, Roger, how much is the U.S. going to have to raise this year? I think it's something over $2 trillion, isn't it? Is it not? That's the last number I heard as well. I, Goldman I, Sachs like number, It looks like an impossible no dream to me. And I, I agree with Chen. I don't know that much about housing in China right now, but I do know that Chinese inflation is running at 26% and that their factories are being closed up in droves mm-hmm. and that they're basically pushing on a string with the bailout that they set up in the first quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. Our TARP money has gone out very slow, and our president made a speech today saying he wanted it to go faster. On the other hand, China came out with $650 billion or something a little higher than that, and they pushed it all out the door in the first quarter of this year, which is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly, is, uh, it, it certainly is a time when, uh, you know, when every nation is in debt, and we have this situation where nations are trying, it's a beggar thy neighbor sort of a situation where, where countries are really trying to, uh, uh, you know, really, really trying to uh, lower their currency, cheapen their currency, so they can some, have some export advantages. It's very much like the 1930s in that regard, and it's, it's, um, you know, I think we have trade war possibilities. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, this was historically what happened in the 1930s, and we've been reading a book called The Forgotten Man. And oddly enough, I talked to my brother; he's reading the same book. And I was absolutely stunned by the many uh, items that were listed in the book that are identical to what is going on right now. Uh, the lady that wrote the book I did a marvelous historical work on everything that happened in the 30s in politics and in economics. I, don't, I have no idea where she got all those different conversations and ideas, but it's, it makes for fascinating reading. And most importantly of all, the comparison of what was going on in the government and in economics in the 30s is going on exactly right now. It's just a remarkable repeat. Okay, Roger. Well, thank you. I think that's all the time we have uh, for this segment right now. Uh, maybe you stick around and we'll take a question or two from some listeners, possibly, if you want to hang in there. Uh, we're going to be right back with uh, Chen Lin in a minute, and Chen's going to talk about China and probably some investment ideas as well. Don't go away. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Want to 
know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. I'm with uh, Chen Lin. Uh, Chen is our uh, resident expert in China. He is a native uh, mainland Chinese uh, citizen. He lives in the United States in New Jersey now. Chen, I learned to know Chen uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess it was, and uh, Chen uh, had seen me on some BNN shows and uh, wanted to make sure he met me because he was interested in my investment ideas. They sort of coincided with his own. And I learned to know Chen, um, really an interesting fellow. Chen uh, was a student, a, a doctoral student in aeronautical engineering at Princeton and put that on the back burner because he was doing so well with his investing. Um, 
and uh, he needed to raise money to uh, he needed to make money to raise his family. He's uh, got a father with a couple of young children, and uh, I've just learned to know Chen. He's become a very good friend, but he has some brilliant investment ideas. He's come out with some some huge winners. He's uh, done extremely well for his own portfolio and for his family's portfolio. Uh, and so, you know, Chen would call me up with questions and ideas about investing, and I'd say, Chen, you know, that's all very interesting. That's very, very interesting, but, you know, I don't have the time. I'm extremely busy, so why don't we just start a newsletter called What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And we've done that, and it's it's really, really working well. Chen has picked out a, a lot of good winners so far, uh, and so Chen is with us. I just uh, haven't had a chance to really talk to you much about Chen, but that's just a, a bit of an informal Introduction to Chen for those of you who may not have listened to uh, to this show before, but Chen is a regular a regular uh, guest of this show. He is actually a partner of mine. We help him um, fulfill his subscriptions and do the back office work for his newsletter. What is Chen? Uh, what is Chen buying? What is Chen selling? And by the way, if you'd like to learn more about some special offers that Chen has, you can call my assistant Claudio Bossi. And that number is 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426. Thanks, Chen. Um, welcome. Yep. Hi. Hi, Jay. Thank you. Well, um, Chen, we were chatting a little bit before the show uh, about housing in China. And you were telling me that you think China is in a real housing bubble now. Would you like to talk about that a bit? Uh, um, I heard uh, China's uh, housing market is really booming. Uh, two weeks ago, before I went on a mining trip to a few mines, I heard it's uh, moving like a 10% a month. Hmm. And then last weekend, I did more chatting with my contact in China. It's learned it's actually accelerating. Uh, there's uh, even people uh, increase their, their price uh, by week, uh, wow. cases by day. So it's a real uh, housing uh, bubble or boom. Goes down in China. It's like early, you know. Uh, it's like a, a 2004, 2005 here in the in States. the United States, 2005, even 2006. And I can remember when prices of houses were going up, and it's it's a painful experience for me to talk about. You know, in 2004, Mrs. Taylor and I sold our house in Woodside, Queens, thinking it was ridiculously overpriced, only to find out that it went up another 50 percent over the next two years. And we leased the house back. We rented the space. And leased it. We we lived in the house. And it was a two-family house, and we lived in there. And we had leased it back from the Peruvian landlord. And of course, he just did extremely well as the housing bubble. How far can these bubbles go? I guess there in 2004, I thought that was enough already. It was already already uh, you know overpriced. So you're talking Chen about 10 percent, 15 percent a month. Now you're talking about 10 percent, five, 10 percent a week, or something like that. In China, I heard right. there are some houses, yeah, uh-huh. going up. In like, some markets. I mean, originally I heard it was just uh, you know like a major city. It looks like it's spreading. It's spreading right now like a wildfire in China. Uh, well, partly because of the the money policy, uh, the the Chinese uh, are, you know are sending out loans like crazy. Uh, they are they're pushing all the stimulus package through, as you mentioned with with Roger. A lot of Chinese they are very afraid of uh, inflation. Uh, China in the 1940s has hyperinflation, just like Weimar Republic. Really? Was it that severe, Chen? It's very severe. It's like, uh, you know, it's going like a thousand times, you know, in a year, something uh-huh. like that. Very, very severe. And then uh-huh. paper money eventually become, you know, worth less, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. worth zero, you know. 
And then in the 1980s, they also have a very high inflation in China. If people study that, it actually leads to the Tiananmen Square uh, uprising. Really? It was like 20%, about 20, 25% each year, you know, pretty, you know, pretty consistent. So, so people right now looking at this, you know, next year inflation going to be at least like that, like 20, 25%. So a lot of people are scared. And then they put money in the bank, they're not getting any interest on those. Yeah. So they say, so now there's a new word in China called rent interest. So what it does is means, you know, you have all the money, right? You put it in a bank, it, you know, does nothing for you. So you buy a house, mm-hmm. and then buy a house using old cash, you know, complete the cash offer, no more. 100% money. down. 100% down, yes. And then you rent it out, and then you see, you know, your rent, each annual rent, how much can pay off mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. divided by your principal. Mm-hmm. And then I just got an email from, you know, one of my friends in Beijing. He said, you know, Beijing rent interest right now still is 3 to 5%. Wow. It's pretty decent, much better than the banks, and so that's why people are still buying. <laughs> okay, well, I could understand that, Chen, from two points of view. First of all, that 3 to 5% interest is superior to what you get in a bank if you put your money in a bank. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, you've got a tangible asset that's earning that money. You've got a house that cannot be deflated away. You can't make that house disappear by printing more of them. You can print more currency all the time, which is what you're suggesting the Chinese government is doing just like the U.S. government is doing. Right. It's a much bigger scale. And China M2 increased by 25% in one quarter. In the first four months, Chinese banks send out loan more than more than the whole year of 2008, and their the stimulus package sent to rural areas, 13% rebate to buy car, buy television. Now they have a stimulus package for the city. You know, people in the city, if you're trading your car, your your TV, you know, you can get coupons to, you know, vouchers from government to buy new things. Okay, let me understand. What did you say about M2? It's growing how fast? About 20%. Uh, it's a high, one of the highest in the world. And you said they're lending, they made more loans this first quarter than all of last year. Is that what you said? First or something four months. Like first huh? four months. Yeah, first quarter is a little bit less. First okay. four months is more than last year. So people look at those data, they're scared. They're, they're, they feel their paper being diluted by 25%. Okay, so the Chinese people are onto this thing because they have memories of the 80s, and that was fresh. So that's fresh in their memories. The United States people have never lived through a very, really, really severe inflation. We saw one in the 70s that got pretty bad, double digit, and then they squelched it in 1980 with huge high interest rates. But the Chinese people are onto this and they're buying tangibles. I think that's a mentality that Americans don't have fully yet. Right, and then they're buying gold like crazy. Uh, I, I heard the gold trading interest in last month increased by 100%. Uh, just versus months before. So usually the gold will weaken in the summer. Actually, I was in my newsletter, I was thinking this winter, this summer will, will be weakened again, but I think it's a Chinese buying. I mean, push gold actually almost, you know, to 980 as, as, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, and then there are people in China even calling about $10,000 gold. They believe 10 gold can go that high. Wow. Well, who you know, who's to say if they print unlimited amounts of paper, then denominated in that currency that the paper is being created in unlimited amounts? I mean, there's no theoretical limit to the number of dollars that a, that a, uh, that an ounce of gold could go for because it, it's endless the number of dollars that can be created. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. Chen, you had an, an interesting concept here. I think you call it cash for clunkers, and you started talking about it just a minute ago when I interrupted you. But the notion that they can turn in your old TV or your old car or one thing or another, and, and what does the government do? It 
the Chinese government then gives you a coupon or some cash? A voucher, yeah, just a cash. It's like a cash, but basically dealers, right? So, so the dealer can go ahead and buy, you know, they can get money from the government. So it's just like free money. Uh, it's free money. Well, you know, free money, uh, as if it doesn't cost somebody something somewhere down the road. Exactly. Right? So people got scared because, you know, there's so much print. It's like... People saw the data, or 25% increase on M2. That means my dollar is diluted by 25%, but I put it in the bank. I don't get anything near 25% interest. Right? Yeah. So they just, they just feel, wow, it's another inflation coming. Uh, Chen, we're almost out of time here. I want to ask you something um, uh, concerning uh, oil now. You had uh, a very interesting pick called Ithaca Energy, and we got an email in from David in Chicago, and he's saying... You know, it looks to him as if this company could cash flow something like 64 cents, um, 60, I don't know, it's going to sell, it's selling for 64 cents, it cash flows 60 cents a share. He says, what's going on? What am I missing here? Do you, do you agree with those numbers and, and why is the stock price so weak? Yeah, this company, one of the extremely undervalued, uh, energy stock I've seen, uh, I own that, I bought that, I recommend on my new side, I'm still holding that. Uh, the, the thing is that in the last uh, quarter report, they mentioned they have some, uh, issues because the original early in the quarter their their oil didn't come online so they have a little bit cash flow issue and then they they believe they can resolve it in a timely matter so I think people has oil last go in the memory you know North Sea so it just people just get a little bit scared but I think you know uh, they have a very friendly lender so I don't think they have problem and then their oil is like thirty percent higher than they expected the flow rate. So are you are you telling your subscribers now to buy this stock? Oh, I've, we bought it lower, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you're think, still a buyer of it? I'm still, yeah, I'm still bullish on this stock. I mean, I mean it's selling at one times cash flow projected, possibly. Yeah, it's sixty dollar yeah, oil. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it's, all right. Uh, so it's it's yeah, it's looking good. It's looking pretty good. All right, Chen. Well, regrettably, we're out of time now. Uh, we'll have to call it uh, call it quits for now, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Uh, thanks again, and folks, you can uh, learn more about Chen. Uh, give Claudio Bossi a call for uh, to learn about his special offers that he has on uh, what is Chen buying, what is Chen selling. Thanks, Chen, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Folks, don't go away. We're going to have Ingrid Hibbard back. She is the president and CEO of a company that's done extremely well. We we earned over 4,000% return on the first time we invested with Ingrid Hibbard. She's got another run at it, and I think there's a pretty darn good chance she could have another winner. So you're going to want to stick around and listen to what Ingrid has to say about Palangio Explorations. She'll be with us in just a minute. Don't go away. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Want to 
know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. I'm really honored to have Ingrid Hibbard. She's the president of president and CEO of Palangio Explorations with us. Uh, trades on the Toronto Exchange. PX is a symbol. It trades on the pink sheets also, and that's how I bought my shares under the symbol PGXPF, uh, selling at around, I guess, around 30, 32 cents uh, in U.S. money right now, some, something like that. Uh, Ingrid is really a special guest of mine here on this show, and the reason I say that is because she's made myself and my subscribers a lot of money in the past with a company called Palangio Mines, and Palangio Mines is the successor company to Palangio Exploration. The main asset that Palangio Mines had was Detour Lake. It's a, a gold deposit that uh, when Ingrid first took over the, as, as president of the company, it had something, I think, around a million ounces or a little less than that, actually. And now it's a 10 million to 13 million ounce deposit. It's a world-class deposit. Um, and the company spun off this asset into, um, into Detour Gold. 
shareholders were given shares of Detour Gold, and uh, Palangio Mines changed its names to Palangio Exploration and kept the exploration properties, many of which are in, most of which are in Ontario, but they also picked up a very exciting property in Ghana that is next to one of the largest gold mines in history, the Obasi Mine in Ghana. And um, this is what makes this really a very, very exciting story. You know, and I think that there's a good chance, there's never any guarantees in this business, but I think there's a reasonably good chance that Ingrid might have a second major success story on uh, in her uh, in her history here in her uh, career as a uh, as a, an executive of a exploration company, a gold mining exploration company. Ingrid, welcome to turning hard times into good times. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. I, I understand you just came back from Europe and you were telling your story in Europe. Is that right? Yeah, we just did uh, five days in uh, five cities, five uh, in fact, five countries, five days. So I don't wow. really recommend that kind of speed, but it sure is good to get uh, out to talk to all of our shareholders and meet some potential new ones. And did you find a lot of interest in your company when you were over there? I did, and uh, Europe in particular uh, is very familiar with Africa. There's a bit more of a comfort level with African projects in Europe than there is in North America. So uh, it, it was a very good reception. Well, that's excellent. Ingrid, you know um, the old adage that the best place to find a mine is next to an old mine. And you've uh, staked some ground there in Ghana uh, next to the Obasi mine, which, as I was introducing you, explained it was one of the biggest, most successful gold mines ever. It, now, yeah, it's amazing. It's the, uh, the largest vein-hosted deposit in the world. This is a mine that's mined continuously for over 100 years. They've taken out already uh, 30 million ounces, and there's another 30 million ounces in resources and reserves, so it's a 60 million ounce deposit. And we have 290 square kilometers right beside it, and most importantly, on strike. Okay, well, that leads me to my next question, because, you know, it's one thing to say you're next to a mine, but you guys have done a fair amount of, of work since you picked up this property, what, two years ago? Yeah, two and a half now, I guess, yeah. Two and a half. So during that time, you did a lot of preliminary geology, the kind of stuff that doesn't really get investors excited, but nonetheless essential in terms of understanding where you're most likely to find the gold. Now, Warren Bates is your leading geologist, is he not? Warren uh, is our senior VP. He's yeah. got about 25 years of experience in gold deposits. Uh, all around uh, North and South America, right. and uh, including doing some acquisitions work. And uh, another senior fellow, a senior uh, uh, who is our VP, Exploration Africa, is Chris Pegg, and he spends about nine months of the year. He's a Canadian geologist, but he spends about nine months right on our project. So uh, it's a fairly good situation for a junior company to have two people of those caliber working our projects. Well, indeed, it's all about people, isn't it, and having people that are competent and capable and honest and so forth, and these people certainly have the credentials. But I think the issue here that I see and what it really has caused me to be very excited about Palangio, uh, after I talked to Warren and some other people in your company, realizing that that same structure that's hosted that 60 million ounces continues on to your property. Moreover, what I think you've understood or learned to know is uh, and be able to trace, uh, I don't know if this is accurate, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the understanding of where the gold existed on the Obasi property and then look at those same features as you trend into your property, 
over many kilometers. Uh, and so you have now established drill targets, is that right, on the basis of that intelligence? We have. Now, yeah, so let me, first thing is, we it did take some time. So we were in the delightful position of being able to take our time to do the homework because you're going to do a better job of drilling when you've really done your homework and you understand the geology and the structures of where you are. And we were able to do that at the same time as the detour deposit was growing from uh, you know 1.7 to 3.4 to 10 million ounces. So it gave us the time to really do our homework and our shareholders were being well paid for holding on with the detour side of the story. Now, uh, you know, they have own their shares in detour directly, so we have only the Ghana project to to focus on in Africa. We have a few smaller ones in Canada, but the the, the African project, the Obwasi project, is far and away our big project. And I want to uh, sort of suggest that people go take a look at our website, which is www.palangio.com because we have on there an animation, and I will describe it to you, but really you've got to see it to understand it. So what we've done is we flew a V-10 uh, survey, and we flew, we did a deal with Anglo Gold, who owns the mine next door, to fly that off of their property and onto ours so that we could see the structures as they relate to the ore bodies on the mine and trace those structures directly into our property. Excellent. So the bottom line is we've done that for a third of the property. We, we've identified those structures for more than, you know, with only a third of the property done so far, for more than 10 kilometers onto our property. We had drills prior to the VTEM, so we know the geology of those structures and we know they're gold-bearing. So we're in a great position for our, our drill program this fall. We're going to be doing about 8,000 meters starting in September. Okay, excellent. Uh, Ingrid, we're, we're out of time. I'm, unfortunately, we're, we're going to have to have you back and talk some more about this. Folks, you do want to go to the website. If you see what we're talking about here, you'll understand why I'm excited about this project. No guarantees. This is an exploration project. It is high risk. But if you were to take upwards to 5%, let's say, of your portfolio and buy these shares, there's a good chance that you could that you could have a real big winner on your hands here. I really believe that. No guarantees. Again, don't spend all your money. You know, I'm saying cap it at 5%. That's all we have time for this week. Next week, I'm going to be back. I'm going to have Frank Holmes as our guest. He's going to be our special guest next week, uh, well-known um, and, and on the major uh, television networks and, and uh, a very successful money manager, Frank Holmes of U.S. Global, will be with us next week. So until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 